It's another Friday. Yeah, it's lunchtime. It's brunch time. We're having it. Got my Bloody Mary going. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of this was for us once and for all. Jim blew my mind by saying the Bloody Mary is a brunch drink earlier this week. I've always associated it as just a co- you know an evening time cocktail. Is is Bloody Mary tradition? Is it like right up there with the? Uh, I mean, the gold mimosa. standard is the mimosa. Sure, that's a fucking brunch drink. Yeah, that's the highfalutin. That's 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 that's, that's your brunch drink. That's your eggs Benedict yeah. and uh, your uh, uh, what, what's that big steak? The big fatty steak. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? They always give yeah. you like it's like you can't get like a it's it's Shit. always like a 48 ounce serving. Porterhouse? Nah, that's, that's a, a porterhouse. That's a usually big steak. Prime too, rib. Prime rib. Prime rib is a brunch cut of meat too. I understand. It's like a fucking really? heavy dinner meat. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a yeah, lot of I've seen a lot of brunches with prime rib. Hmm. Kind of crazy if you ask me. Uh we are talking about things today. It's all brunch all the time. This, all brunch this episode. All right. I We're like brunch. About our favorite. I love brunch, man. There's nothing better than like uh you know, I, I I don't go in for the eggs Benedict type stuff. Mm. I'm not a fancy bruncher. I'm more like let's just like take breakfast Benedict food either. and bring yeah. it a little bit later on a Sunday. Yeah, it, it suits the stay up late, get up early. Yeah, yeah. Like I would be Lifestyle. getting up having breakfast at eleven or twelve sure, anyway. Sure. So it's called brunch. Make it respectable. Yeah. Why not? And if you at can, least one day a week, I can act like a normal <laughs> human being. And yeah, I'm you, having brunch. And if you can drink while you're doing it, all the better. Perfect. All the better. It's socially acceptable to drink. I, I do love. I got to say, you know, it's it's a very relaxing thing. Brunch. Uh-huh. Normally, you have like a few friends, and you're just having conversation and drinks, and it's. I don't know. There's something more than just like the excuse to drink in a morning. Yeah, ninety percent of it's, my. It's also just very relaxing. Ninety percent of my brunches have always been on a Sunday too. Yeah, Which, I, I, that's I always, the appropriate time. I always feel like Sunday's kind of a bummer of a day of the week. Sunday's, you know, the relax the relaxing day, right? Like starting out a Sunday with a brunch to me is perfect because okay. it's it's meant to just relax you. You're you know you're taking life slow on a Sunday. On on Monday through Friday, you're working your ass off. On Saturday, you're probably partying out doing some crazy things Sunday. You just want to take it easy. So uh, the problem with Sunday is it a Sunday always feels like the last day of vacation to me. Yes. Not so much nowadays because <laughs> every day is a vacation. Yeah. But it's pretty but amazing. Back when I was on, on the work a day week, uh, Monday, Sundays were always kind of a bummer. And I'm the type of guy that like on a week's vacation, the last two days I have a hard time enjoying because now I realize I'm in the back half and oh God, I'm about ready to go back. So yeah, if you can brunch it up on a Sunday to break up that kind of feeling of dread, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Drink till you forget that you got to go to work the next day. <laughs> uh, oh, we got some brunch, brunch based commentary already. All still, right, cool. still, still no word on the bloody Mary. Set it up. Uh, Freddie C said I'm brunch fan checking in at the possibility exists at a brunch buffet. Might I suggest bacon wrapped in smoked salmon? Mm. Wait, 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 you wrap the bacon. In salmon? I think it's the other way around. It's bacon. Okay. Oh, well, I, th- That's not I, what I don't know whether he aroned it and just <laughs> reversed the polarity of that sentence structure. But That's interesting to me. I don't know how you wrap bacon in salmon. You Like thinly sliced, like maybe you know, really thin strips of salmon going. I mean, either way, it maybe do a pretty. roll, like a bacon roll, and then put the salmon around it. Mm, I could see that. I'm not a big fan of bacon. I know that's that's heresy. <sighs> I love bacon. I like bacon on BLT, uh, BLTs, and that's about it. Hmm. But yeah, that's smoked salmon's pretty strong, pretty strong brunch great game. Like Las yeah. Vegas, 
Las Vegas Sunday after a whole weekend of debauchery brunch buffet. That is the king. That's the king of brunch yeah. experiences. Yeah, and there I, I feel like you almost need the mimosa. Like you need the the sugar in the OJ and the vitamin C. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. replenish your your powers. I don't know. You're drinking a Bloody Mary. Yeah, mm. homemade. I made the tomato juice. I made the. Uh, the do tomato you like the spicy blood, Bloody Mary? I do. Yeah. You got Tabasco in there? Nope. Sriracha. Oh, even better. <laughs> even better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real good. Okay, we got clarification here okay. uh, by Freddie C. Says, nope, the bacon, you wrap the bacon in smoked salmon, thinly sliced lox style salmon. I'm still curious about the formation of the bacon. Like, do you, do you lay it out? Do you roll the is bacon? I'd hope it's cooked. It's got to be cooked. Like, pork is bad news to eat I, raw. I would never eat bacon raw. That sounds horrible. Were you with me the time we went out to, uh, to uh, Seattle and we stayed at Jesse's mom's house, or at least for no, a morning? No, I was and- not. So you missed out on the the fresh, wild-caught smoked salmon experience? Yes. Holy shit. It sounds amazing. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Did you go fishing in the Puget Sound? I didn't, but apparently his salmon. mom, like grizzly bear style, just slapped it out of a river in her backyard right. to hear it. To, to hear it to, 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 she's, a, she's Australian, so I'm not okay. going yeah. to say she didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, all flora and fauna of North America is just tame by, and milk toast by her standards. All right, here we go. Uh, Anthony B. I've always considered a Bloody Mary a brunch drink. How about a Sunday brunch with Jim and Aaron once mm. in a while? That'd be awesome. Sounds kind of cool. Because yeah. my brunch game's pretty strong. Like, I can bring it with the biscuits and gravy Pancakes. and omelets and waffles. And, uh, waffles are probably my favorite. Do you know I have a waffle maker now? Oh, shit. When'd you get that? Uh, my my uh, faux mother in law got it for me uh, this last Christmas, I believe. Because she's, I'm like, yeah, I could do for some waffles. That's like what my go-to thing is. If I'm entertaining people, I love to cook like a big breakfast. Just like all burners consumed, all ovens going, making fresh biscuits. And I I think that's the meal that everyone appreciates the most when someone else cooks it for them. Mm. Right. Why? Because you don't want to wake up and immediately go to work. Right. That's true. So someone else is doing the work for you and they present you with a big stack of flapjacks Mm. or something. Mm. People tend to appreciate that. See, I like to do it because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And it puts me in the kitchen, like listening to a podcast for an hour, drinking a Red Bull, getting Gets warm. your day started. Yeah, and while everybody else is making small talk in, like the, in the dining room or the living room. Uh, and then by the time I present all this delicious food, I'm a reasonable person. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh-huh. it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's leveraging my best abilities. Yeah. To I just like brunch because I can drink. Yeah, that's that's also a good point. I drink and I eat waffles. Why don't we have mimosas more often? Like bubbly, sparkling wine and orange juice are cheap and plentiful. And you mean outside of brunch or like us personally? Why don't we drink mimosas? I don't know why I don't keep a a bottle of like Osti Spumante in the fridge and and have a mimosa at least once a week. Because I love that drink. It's awesome. Yeah, so it's tough when you open something like that. You got to drink it all, right? Oh, yeah. I have no problem polishing (laughs) off a bottle of champagne between me and the lady. Sure, yeah. Come on now. But, you know, you can't just have a mimosa. That means you're going to have like three mimosas. Sure. You know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to go and buy a bottle of some kind of sparkling shit and some some OJ, and that's what my Sunday is going to be. Sweet. Yeah. I, right. I'm drinking the last of my Bloody Mary of my tomato juice, so Uh-oh. I'm not going to have anything for brunch this weekend. Maybe I'll get on them. You my could go across the street too. to the store and, and, and get some more tomato juice. Yeah. 
There's yeah. also walking over here to the studio. One of your neighbors has thrown a shit ton of tomatoes in the yard. <laughs> what? I, I know. Like I'm used Just to dumped them outside. I'm, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't explain it because they're whole tomatoes and they're like throwing distance from a patio and they're just like a dozen of them in the yard. Like I'm used to trying to dodge dog shit. Yeah. But like sun ripened, rotted tomatoes is a, a maybe challenge. they're making sun dried tomatoes. Maybe they're tired of me traipsing through the apartment courtyard and they're just intentionally yeah. putting obstacles in my path. And put I'm, nails down if that's the case, right? Well, you know, nails that, and glass and that, that might actually get, get my goat a bit more yeah. than they're <laughs> counting on. Um, Freddie C says you guys just crossed a 10 million download mark, right? Popping a bottle of champagne sounds like a perfect but not That's there. a good point. We're not quite there. We're like 9.6, but mm-hmm. that's a good idea. Bottle yeah. of champagne. I think we need to have kind of a party stream. I'm wondering because I was starting to get depressed and thinking we're another month or so off of a, a 10 million because with Game of Thrones retiring, yeah. you know, we're no longer getting that 150,000 plus downloads a week. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. True Detective is really heating up. It's doing pretty well. Yeah. I was nervous because we were averaging like just 2,500 through the recap. Because who cares about it? A, a year old show well, i fucking care about it um <laughs> but then i the early returns from like the preview is like already at ten thousand, wasn't it so something like that's that, yeah. starting to become a, a nice little you know mad men size size hit for us i'm mm-hmm. excited about that so we have some topics you we were talking about some stuff before the show that was interesting yeah we were talking about self-driving cars apparently there was like a close call a quote-unquote close call between google self-driving car and delphi's Self-driving car. Okay, tell me about it, because this seems... I like the idea of a car, a self-driving car from a rival company uh-huh. engaging in a road rage activity with yeah. another car, a smart car, or automated car. It sounds pretty cool to me. Is that like what... car gladiators. Is that what <laughs> happened? Like, they no. went to occupy the same lane and... Was there a robotic middle finger extended? No, like that's the thing. Did, they, did the other car brake check? Like that would be hilarious if the other car brake checked. You know, <laughs> they got into a pissing match. Fuck you, Google. They programmed aggression into it. Uh huh. That seems like that's a bad a, thing to that's do. That's how Terminator happens. Mm-hmm. It's not military at all. It's, it's it's road rage. Skynet on the roads. Yeah, no, apparently like they were driving close in close proximity to each other, uh, a couple of lanes apart. Yeah. Google goes to move into the middle lane or, or you know, a lane that was between them. Uh-huh. The other car goes to move into that same lane and they both go, oh, there's a car moving into that lane. Delphi stops. Google's continues. Boom. It, hmm. It's perfect. Like it goes, it works exactly how it was supposed to work. And then all the headlines are like near miss on the highways hmm. between Google and Delphi self-driving cars. Something that happens thousands of times per day with brain with with that's flesh and blood drivers. like you put a human like you put google's car merging and a human merging and the human's probably just going to ram right into the google car or your best case scenario is exactly what happens exactly oh, oh sorry i didn't see you and that's the thing about it it was best case scenario everything played out exactly how it was supposed to and people are making a huge deal about this my first why well, i don't it doesn't surprise me that it's a huge deal because it's like the first automated cyborg uh cutoff so it's it's i think it's cyborg on cyborg action but yeah. here's the thing why were those two what were those two doing on the same stretch of road was it planned or it just i, hap- I think it was just coincidental 
what kind of penetration is Google getting with these things? Because that seems astronomical, the odds that yeah. two self-driving smart cars are going mm-hmm. to meet and then merge into the same lane. Yeah, it does. I, I agree. It wasn't planned according to these companies, but huh. who knows? How many cars, and this happened in California or in yeah. Las Vegas? Because I've heard a lot of stuff happen in Nevada where, like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they've been in wrecks before, but it's not the really? fault of... The, all the insurance companies have come back and said it was not Google's fault. They've been in like 13 different wrecks. And, and most of the time, like nine out of the 13 have been rear-ending, huh. getting, getting rear-ended by people. Okay. Which obviously is not their fault. And then the, uh, the insurance company said, nope, these other ones aren't their fault either. It's all human error. Hmm. How, so I don't know. I know next to nothing about this. How many cars are driving themselves out there right now? I want to say it's like 23 of of the, I think there's a total of 32, 23 of like these modified Lexus cars, mm-hmm. which have like radar and lasers and mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of stuff, cameras on them. And then there's like nine of these new prototypes that Google has on the roads. I don't know about the Delphi company that they might have like five. You, they might you have get 500 my point that like if in I, a sample totally. size of 23 cars, 13 wrecks in a matter of few years is absurdly high. Sure, but all of them caused by the people involved. Yeah, but do do you think... I don't know how you get around that. Do you think that there is something, uh, some kind of Freakonomic style underlier that like the cars, the way the cars are driving is such that the people don't notice them? Well, I bet they don't drive like humans. Sure. That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, it might might be the human's fault for rear-ending them, but I wonder if the car driving like a computer somehow caused... Because I'm just saying that's way higher than you would... You know, I know 23 people. If any of my friend circle got like 13 accidents in a three-year span, that would be like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? No, I I agree with you. It it seems like a high number and it might be... You know, caused by are they also human are they, are they also uh, testing active camouflage on these cars at the yes, same time? They're uh, stealth, well, that completely stealthed. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, bending light around the cars. It's pretty so. Amazing. I was having a discussion on self-driving cars in the forums a couple months ago, and someone said something that I thought was crazy, which they think that self-driving cars will be marketed to people within ten years. What is your gut feeling about? Because you seem to be paying more attention to this than me. What's your gut feeling about? Because number one, the government hasn't even decided to regulate these things. Like Google, just like you know what, we're gonna make self-driving cars. I assume that there's a person yeah. in the driver's seat that has their hands on the wheel at all times and is covering a brake pedal, right? They're in the passenger seat, but yes. Are you fucking kidding me? They're not even behind the wheel. No, no, no. I think there's a wheel in the passenger seat. I don't. Oh. I don't know what the deal was with. So it's like a driver's that, ed car. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but yes, I, as far as I know, in at least those Lexus cars, uh-huh. there is a human in the car at all times. It has to be. I don't know about the new prototypes. It, it's, it's sounding to me more like those are built from the ground up to not have human, uh, a human component driving them. But how could but that not, possibly not sure be street legal? I don't know. I mean, are there laws about not that's, having drones on the street? So that's a lot of like what the disruptive Silicon Valley people like to do. Oh, there's, there's nothing, no there, law. There's no law can. says we can't. Let's yeah. fucking do it. Like Jeff Bezos, let's make autonomous cargo delivery drones yeah. in, in controlled airspace because no one says Ask I can't. Ask for forgiveness, not permission, right? 
Yeah, man. Cause I mean, thing, I think it's a good thing personally. I'm all for self-driving cars. I do too, but I also know how stupid and panicky people are. And yes. I guarantee if they have autonomous cars and one of them gets in a wreck, like if, if there are no wrecks in 10 years, then maybe, but if there's a single fatality involved with these things, fuck, I don't know, 20, 30 years down the line, maybe. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, technology moves so fast. Yeah, people are dumb about this stuff. Like, the number of wrecks that happen on roads right now uh-huh. is ridiculous. There, there's tons of them sure. all the time, everywhere. Yeah. You put robots in the mix, the number doesn't seem to go up to me. It would seem like you you make all these things robotic and we're going to have less wrecks. Because just response time. I mean, flat out response time of a robot is way, way better than a human. So let's talk about this from a social perspective angle. That's that's a problem. Social and political issues. So you got to get to work in 15 minutes. And there's two types of people. There's a type of people to leave with, you know, 25 minutes before they need to be there. So, you know, they can drive the speed limit and not drive. And there's the people that leave 13 minutes before they're supposed to get there. And they're driving like maniacs and they're cutting people off. I wonder if one of the barriers to because because I'm assuming you cannot program these cars to exceed the speed limit. Probably not. Or maybe there's a dial like, you know, your risk tolerance. But I think there's going to be some people to like, you know, they're just not going to be willing to leave early knowing that this damn car is going to get me here five minutes late in best case scenario. I need to take manual control and drive like an asshole. That's why you got to take ass. the manual control away. <laughs> people won't buy Americans will not buy a car that is, that is fully automated and has no manual option. Not in 10 years. I wonder. I mean, we're still driving manual transmissions. Mm-hmm. because some, some people. people like the control sure i'm not so certain that you know the benefits of an automatic transmission aren't so great yes that they completely just make manuals obsolete i feel like the benefits of a self-driving car uh-huh. are so good and so many that how can you say no i mean it, it, it has a potential to like eliminate 90 percent of traffic accidents if yeah, every and, car is and a congestion and like, yes, I mean, you will probably get there on average way faster. Sure. I think that's true. But I, I understand what you're saying. Like people don't think that way. People uh-huh. think, Oh, fuck that. I want my car that I can drive it's 90 the same miles way an people hour. People feel safer in a car than to do on an airplane because they're in control of the motions yeah. of the vehicle, even though that's statistically absurd. Sure. Hmm. All right. I, I, I think you're right. And politically it's going to be an issue too, right? Like what are the, what are the ramifications of actually taking control away from people and putting it in the hands of a companies that are controlling all this software in the cars yeah. and B just computers, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are, I think inherently untrusting of computers to a certain degree. Yeah. And you know, part of that is probably due to our fiction, but I, some of it is for good reason. Cause we don't, you know, computers are a complex thing that we don't totally understand the, the, the absolute intricacies of. I wonder if there'll be like, because one of the reasons that fully automated planes work and they they essentially are like a lot of pilots take off and land because they, they do it, but planes can take off and land and, and pilot themselves without any direct pilot input. One of the reasons that works is because it's a tightly controlled airspace. Mm -hmm. Do you think that if we go hundred percent automated, we'll have like a ground traffic control. Whereas before your car will actually Mm -hmm. take you somewhere, you have to like, put in your destination so that it can go and look at you into the rotation or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably. 
I would imagine. Or so. maybe route you a different, it's like, this is going to be something. But I think can, it'll be distributed, right? It won't be like a central hub where no. you've got to call radio in and say, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to Kroger. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be like, GPS, take me to Kroger. You might sit there for a second until it goes, okay, slot acquired, boom, I'm off. Yeah. It, it'll be like a mesh sort yeah. of thing. No, I don't, each car knows where they are. That's what I'm saying. Like the car won't activate unless, unless you, have, you say it's an emergency mode. Like, I could also see that. Like, yeah. Uh, but then again, why wouldn't you just say, take me to the hospital? It's an yeah, there's a lot of practical applications. Let's say you're an old person and you're having chest pain. Well, there are more reasons. You can call nine one one and request a request an ambulance come pick you up, or you can pile into your automated car, say take me to the nearest hospital, yeah. and maybe there's a flashing lights mode, and the other cars get the fuck out of your way because it's got priority and it can drive 100 miles an hour straight to the. That would be. I mean, yeah, that could save a lot of lives. Oh yeah, I'm excited about the prospect. I'm having feel an like on-hand ambulance at all times. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. your neighbors everywhere. It's, uh, that'd, be, that'd be maybe even nine eleven can nine eleven dispatch unlocks that ability in your car. That's what I'm saying, man. So many benefits can come from this. Mm. That, in my opinion, like yeah, I every once in a while like to drive, drive, just yeah. you know, drive around. Sure, it's kind of relaxing sometimes. But like, I would probably be willing to give that up for all of the extra conveniences that automated driving would have. Oh, to, yeah. Like just the amount of time it would free up for me. Like, sure. not me personally. Like, I I barely fucking drive. But uh, most people, I think, you know, if you're commuting an hour each way. Yeah, can I play day, a video game? Can I read a book? Yeah. Can I watch television? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I want to do all <laughs> those I, things. It's going to get real weird when you're putting on, like, your VR headset in your car. <laughs> Massive. And we're just jerking off on the way to work with their VR helmets. And nobody nobody wants to see because they're all yeah. wearing the VR helmet. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We'll have... Uh, you have tinted windows. Why do you need windows in a car like that? That's true. There you go. They'd be safer. They'd be little mobile prison cells. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb Also shelters. scary. Like, I mean, you've seen like, uh, uh, not Judge Dredd. It's the other the other Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Sixth Day. No, that's or not, I robot. not Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I Sylvester robots Stallone, got that in there rather. too. Automated cars. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Sylvester Stallone. What was his? Uh, Oh, uh, Demolition Man. Demolition Man had those like lockdown Mm -hmm. type cars. Fifth Element has it. Like, yeah, there's also that implication. You can be locked in your car and held. Like, I don't want flying cars until we have some kind of controlled ground airspace with automated plot because that's a fucking disaster. So if we want flying cars, I think we need self-driving ones first. Oh, you're right. right. All right. uh, Let's get because there's some good stuff here. Okay. Um, Tia Marie Smith. She uh, contends that we will have self-driving cars within 10 years. I mean, I I don't know. When you say we, do you mean like me and you, or do you mean like, I don't know, Elon Musk? Well, I'm not saying Elon Musk already has automated driving cars. Yeah, Sergey Brin. He just cut off Google. (laughs) Did he? Does he own Delphi? I don't probably. Probably. Tell me he he doesn't own a percentage of stock in Delphi. I'm certain. Well, either that or Google. One of the two. Uh, but yeah, I, that like that's the thing. Maybe in ten years they will be marketed to, like the people that Tesla was marketed to at ver- at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But that's probably going to be like a pre order program, and it's probably going to be contingent on getting some sort of, you know, license or or government authorization. Yeah, it's it's not going to just be like you go down to your Ford dealership and pick up a self driving car in right. ten years. And in self-driving cars, like I, I just wanted the first state that's going to be like you still have to do ten and two while you're a self-driving car. Like you have to, you have to have the ability to maintain manual control at any time in case of failure. 
Like there's that's, that's how it's going to start. You're that right. kind of shit is going to that. That's no one thinks of this. People think in terms of technical possibilities. And yes. I like to think in terms of political hysterical hysteria. Yeah. And that's what's going that's to more realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be red tape and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's got a other bunch of stuff. She also says, I have a 2015 Jeep and it practically drives itself. It keeps me centered in the lane. It shows me people in my blind spot. It will tell me to brake if I get too close. It will actually brake for me if I don't stop soon enough. I Damn. Mean, how does it keep you centered in the lane? Because I don't... I think it uses uh, lasers. But lasers how does it know radar. where the lane is? I don't know. Probably the yellow lines. I mean, you, know, you get some cameras up in there. and But like I just read la- six months ago that a Google car fucked up a red light because the sun was setting behind it. Like... Hmm. Does that work in all weather and all lighting conditions or I don't know. I don't know. That's I, I, that's the other thing. Like I think that this assisted driving technology is probably going to get you 75% of the benefits of automated technology, like panic braking, um, lane centering and all that kind of stuff. Parking. Automatic parking, uh, blind spot awareness, that kind of stuff is already making huge differences. And I think that stuff would be standard in 10 years. I think so. But fully drive, I don't know. I feel like Americans are just going to be crazy about that. And then finally, on the whole Cyberdyne tip, she asks, uh, speaking of Cyborg, do you plan to see Terminator Genesis next Friday? Oh, is that when it's coming out? I'm going to be out. I think I'm going to be out of town. Uh, I'm leaving for a family vacation the week after next. Yeah, I doubt I'm going to see it right when it comes out, but I do want to see that. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. And all the trailers, like the old Arnold versus new Arnold fight looks delicious. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's it's like two self-driving cars going up. There you each go. Other. It's, it's Google and Delphi for, uh, for a modern battle age. Battle for the streets. <laughs> Google and Delphi for modern age. Something that just happened yesterday is, for, <laughs> is, is antiquated. Uh... Tia says, yeah, she clarifies it. Yeah, it somehow reads the yellow and white lines and has worked in all conditions. Okay, cool. What about snow? Yeah, if they're covered up. That's what I'm I saying. Like, you when you're in the middle of a snowstorm, you got an inch of snow. It's like just, it's 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 hard for me how would the, to tell how would what self-driving the self-driving cars line. do that either? That's the other thing. I don't think they could. Like, in, in really extreme weather conditions, now, the one fair point is that humans don't necessarily handle those extreme conditions perfectly either they handle them like shit and like the other one so isn't it true that the that these gps we use right now is actually less precise than it can be because they have a military encryption thing like like gps actually is down the centimeter accuracy but we're plus or minus three meter accuracy if you if you allowed the cars to have military accuracy they could potentially drive down a plot of GPS road with like really, really high precision. So they would actually be able to see the lines even if we couldn't. Yeah. Like even in total darkness with no lights. And that's the thing. The, the dangerous conditions are caused by like sudden braking, people not seeing anything. Automated cars don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. There's no sudden braking with an automated car. Sure. You know, well, I mean, get the, look, look, everything about knows this. what it's doing before it does it. Think about light pollution in this country, which is a big concern for astronomers, but even people that like the night sky. Imagine 100 years from now when the roads can be pitch fucking black. Like how much of light pollution is contributed by lights every 50 yards on the highway, those high intensity yellow sodium lights and yeah. people's headlights and shit. That just goes away. It's like your car just drives and it's total yeah. blackness. Yeah, it would. 
that'd be fucking cool. It'd be like <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like Arnold in Terminator Two. Uh huh. I see everything. All right. Uh, and they'd all have uh, hood mounted shotguns. <laughs> now you're, you're blending you your in Mad Max and my, and my Terminator. Oh, okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because I found this incredible. Uh, I was reading Penny Arcade today, and it, it, they had a funny thing about a Batman. The Batman just rescued someone beat up, and he's like, I don't really have time to take you in because that's kind of Batman's thing and all the Batman you rescue someone and he, he just stops the crime, but he's just like, anything. all right, you're bleeding on the sidewalk. I've got things to do. See ya. So he's like, uh, I uh, say, uh, how about if I call you an Uber? Uh, and the guy's like, I don't know, Batman. I'm, I'm really unsure about that company's policies. I'm not sure if I, I feel comfortable supporting them monetarily. He's like lift in. And the guy's like, God, no, they make you do that fist bump thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I looked into it and apparently that's part of lift culture is you sit in the front seat with the driver and they greet you with a fist bump. If I got into a car and that is how I was greeted, I would never get into another lift car. Just get right back, get right back out. Uh, No, I wouldn't because that would be, that would be even more awkward than a stranger wanting to fist bump me. But I, that, yeah. Like, I really think it's, I don't like the trend of you walk into a fucking place. Welcome to ass fucking anonymous. And, you know, can may I, I was like, I here's Welcome to Chipotle. Yeah, we just had that. <laughs> uh-huh. And like you go in the convenience stores and they're like, uh, welcome to blah, blah, blah. Can I help you? Like my ideal of, of interaction with people is I want you to be available. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I need to find someone at Home Depot, I can go up and say, but I don't want to be actively assisted or talked to or anything like that. Okay. So I'm with you. That's why I shop on Amazon mostly. (laughs) I was thinking like how many people are there? I I guess I'm uh, a recluse, antisocial, et cetera. Are there actually people that are attracted to that? Like they walk into the gas station. They're like, hey, welcome to Speedway. Can I help you find anything in particular? Is there a person that's like gas? I feel feel better about this place. I like this place better than Mm – like I can understand if you get sullen, shitty service. But I'm looking for neutral, professional – service yeah i feel like that's uh you know that harkens back to the days of like the general store uh where you go in and like small towns and you know everybody but that's the thing you were legitimately neighbors and friends with those people it's not and now it's still seen as like polite or whatever but uh, or or like inviting but i'm with you man i certainly don't i i would rather like walk into a place hardly even see anybody yeah and go get whatever I know I needed to get and then walk up to the counter where I probably do self checkout. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> I mean, I, that's just me. I went yeah, to one of those, those, those Austin draft house movie theaters uh-huh. and their setup is pretty swank. Like self dispensing drinks. No, you, you, you write down your order. If you need something on a piece of paper that they provide and there's like this really, um, what one of piece of paper. Yeah, because it's a movie theater. Think about it. Like one of my Don't one screens. of the reasons I didn't yeah. like Hollywood bar and film works is because you got fucking waitresses walking around and waiters walking around taking people's order and people, like, yeah, yeah, I like the fucking fish blast tacos and, and, and another, another four beers. Yeah, and here it's like you write it down in this very unobtrusive like lighting that's like personal in your lap and it doesn't bleed yeah. out to theater. And you 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 put that in. Um, there's like a little clip. Like ever you're you're sitting in stadium seats and there's tables in front of you. And there's like a little clip in front of you and you, you clip it there. And then there's like catwalks 
okay. that the waiters come like below your seating level and like tr- they snatch it and then things just magically appear in front of you. And that's huh. like that kind of unobtrusive professional service is I think what everyone should aspire to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I like that kind of stuff. I hate it so when I'm in, you don't I'm having like a really bump your waiter. I hate it when I'm having a really good conversation and the waiter comes yeah. up and is like, Hey, can I get you a like, burger? I've, well, I've taken a, a bite. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Come back in 10 minutes when I've had half of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, that, that's, that's, I'm with lift. You. Fuck lift. Fuck, fuck people in cars, man. Yeah. Why, why are the, do these taxis should services be a certain have automated. to have people in their cars? Fuck it. I, I feel there. bad for the taxi drivers because they, man, I need to You know, think everything, everything moves on. Come on. Are we just going to keep it in the, the 19th of century because not. we want to have people of driving cars? Not. But we also have, I, I think that part of progress is dealing with uh, the I people agree. whose jobs you eliminate. And I think yeah. that that's one. But not. Great, but not not eliminating those jobs. I get it. The people would be put out of work. But I think one of my criticisms of Silicon Valley is they spend zero effort in thinking about the ramifications. It's all about and that it's about the end point, not the transition. Yeah, period. I mean, when the taxicab yeah. wars of twenty thirty strike, uh, it's not like Jeff Bezos is going to be on that front line. No. Elon Musk is going to be in that front line. It's going to be you and me and bleeding in the streets. I wonder if there'll be death a- by those taxi medallions. I wonder if there will be a time when like taxi drivers just start running these cars off the road, these automated cars. <laughs> like Uber goes all or automated. Uber, and, or Uber, they see an Uber driver and it's like, uh-huh. put them in, put them into the harbor. You never know. You never know. Uh, we got an exciting day today. Uh, what our, our commission podcast is The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had our choice, you know, of The Matrix or Heat. And I feel like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it wasn't is The Matrix or Kung Fu Hustle. No, that was Shaun of the Dead or Kung Fu Hustle. Now we're on the Matrix or Heat. (laughs) Are you reconsidering? I know there's a forum thread going around about the best shootouts. Yeah, no, Heat is is really amazing. And I've seen it far less times. Me too, yeah. I think I've seen it exactly once. No, we're probably making the right call, but I I forgot that it was Matrix or Heat. Yeah, the Matrix conversation, I think, is going to be more stimulating. Sure. Than Heat. Yeah, like I said, Heat's a really good movie. Heat's a heist movie, right? It is like just a standard. It's like the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a Plus better it's movie than De Niro most. and Pacino mm-hmm. Val Kilmer before his face got all puffy and weird. Uh, <laughs> and his body before he got dad bod before he got dead. And it's, <laughs> he's moved on from dad bod. It's, it's more, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like fat bastard lost weight, bod. Oof. Anyway, Oof. uh, I saw him in uh life's too short recently. That um, last thing I saw him in was a McGruber, and he was very funny, but not very Val Kilmer. Yeah, I mean, he's he looks, you know, he still looks like puffy Val Kilmer, mm. but you know, he put on some weight and stuff, and he's getting old, man. That's what happens when you get old. But yeah, he was on uh, it's Warwick Davis's show, and it's uh, Ricky Gervais production or something like that. Yeah, and like yeah. Val Kilmer comes in as. Val Kilmer, hmm. he's playing Val Kilmer and he comes in and says, oh yeah, we'll work. I got this project I'm, I'm working on. I just need hmm. five grand investment from you. I've got a whole bunch of other investors. And it turns out he's just in restaurants eating really fancy fucking dinners with this money. Mm-hmm. And Laura calls him on. He's like, yeah, I had never had any intention of doing this project. <laughs> he's just out scamming people. Val uh, Kilmer. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, I know one topic. Should I talk about it now or should I save for next week? It is, is my it experience at the drive-in movie theater in 2015 
in in in, in the heartland of America. Let's go for it. Okay, I, I want to hear about it. So. This winter, uh, one of the things I think find charming about the Midwest is we still have drive-in movie theaters, like especially Indiana, uh, because it, one of the weird quirks about us adopting daylight savings time so late is that the, 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 the essential charm of the double feature cinema, you know, you could get it started or like a little bit after eight and you could get everything and get most movies over by midnight. And like the drive-in industry was thriving in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still is like there's one like in thriving, right? And there's no, there is a three screen drive-in theater in Indianapolis with like the old timey speakers you clip to the say and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of amazing that that's still thriving. But there's one like, no, there's like, I can think of five within the driving distance of my old ho- home. Jesus. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there was one that we always There's went two to. around us here in Cincinnati. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk about. So no desire to go to the in the winter. It's been about five, six years since I've been to one. But in the in the winter time, uh, the one closest to us, their screen blew down in a winter storm, hmm. and they were were going to. I think I might have talked about this in a lunch with Jim Nayron, but they were going to close up shop, um, you know, because it was going to be so expensive to do the repairs necessary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the community banded together, and I guess there was... They got a Kickstarter going? It might have been Kickstarter or GoFundMe or something, or the bank stepped forward or whatever, and, and they got funding. They built a new screen. So me and Cecily are like, hey, we should go see a movie this year. And they had a doubleheader last weekend of Jurassic World and Pitch Perfect 2. And like, all right, cool. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World seems like the quintessential drive-in movie theater experience. And then Pitch Perfect 2, I like Pitch Perfect 1, and we can be drunk as hell by the time that gets on there, and we'll be fine. <laughs> so we go, and the first thing, like, we got there, like, 45 minutes early, and there's a line of cars, like, a half mile before you get in the interstate. Which, oh, yeah, that's, and this is on that's a four, thing. This is on a four-fucking lane highway. They got to check your car for contraband. Uh, no, they actually, they, they got a better system for that. Uh, but I was, really? I felt unsafe because people are whizzing by me at 70 miles an hour. Where I'm standing still in this, this column of traffic. We eventually work our way in there and they have this thing where, so it's like seven bucks per adult. Uh, and they don't do the by the car load, which all the others is uh, all the other drive-ins I've ever been through is by the car load. And then they also have a $5 outside food ticket that they will sell you. If you bring in outside food coolers or whatever. And then they also give you a trash bag to put your trash in. Um, what's interesting is manning these booths are these old, the very old, sweet, motherly looking ladies. And they're like all smiles. And then like they turn their face, like turns into a hard mask and they look at you and like, now have you brought any outside food, coolers, uh-huh. candy, how many people are in your bags drink? of popcorn? Yeah, no, they look at you and like, you could, you're free to lie, but I cracked within like three seconds of it's that. It's like pressure. crossing a border. Yeah, only with grandmas like that, that are going to wrap you on the knuckles with sticks if you lie to them. Gotcha. It's more guilt-based than And here's the thing. I, I ended up buying their food, and I planned on buying their food because the other cool thing about drive-in is they usually get like really cool food selection, like full-on pizzas and pretzels and all kinds of different food. Yeah. Um, and they did not disappoint. Like, hmm. you know, they had this pretty sweet nacho setup that I hooked myself up with. Uh, meat? Do they have meat for the nachos? Because oh, yeah. that's my That's my classification of good. Yeah, nachos. no, they, they had they had beef. Like, 
They for had me, shredded chicken. If you're just going to pour cheese over some tortilla chips, that ain't nachos. Okay. No. That, it had jalapenos yeah. and beans and meat there and sour go. cream. And okay. All right. So it, it was okay. legit. That helps me calibrate. And they had conies and they had Bavarian nuts and they had uh, pizzas, like not chain pizzas, but like homemade yeah. pizzas they made there. Damn. Uh, so we get there and like we arrive like just as the movie started because they did the previews and all this stuff. And I'm, and, and we parked way in the back um, to the extent that I could, the screen, I did this as a joke. I held it out at arm's length, my cell phone screen mm-hmm. and my cell phone was slightly larger than the screen. And this is one of those things where you could turn, you could, you could listen to the the movie audio on your car radio, which I also enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. Um, as, as that's nostalgic, way better for cold weather. As nostalgic as the old speakers are, mm-hmm. um, this is this is a better way. So we get all set up and we're about to enjoy the movie, and we're about five minutes in, maybe fifteen minutes into it, and the sound cuts out, mm. just stops, and like people start honking their horns and flashing their lights. Late <laughs> green laser pointers come out and start dancing on the screen. That's the thing. Like everybody has a like a built-in vavuzela, right? <laughs> like just fucking. If oh, they're just dissatisfied. Wait. You will know it. Just wait. This is a Black Hawk Down situation. <laughs> oh uh, so, so, so the, they get on and they announce over the loud, they're not the loudspeaker, the radio system that sorry, we had a technical issue. We will restart the move. We and because it, it played for like three minutes with no sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, we will restart the movie. So everybody's like, okay, fine, whatever. The movie restarts, but not at the movie. The movie restarted like at the twenty minute trailer package oh boy with all the shitty welcome for being a valued customer to the drive-in and your community theater and all this stuff and like people are hooting and sessions and the laser pointers are still going and then 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 the school mom gets on and she's like all laser pointers must be put away at this time who the fuck okay if this was (laughs) 2001 i get the laser pointers like Uh super popular everybody thinks it's hilarious to shine them at screens who in 2015 is carrying around laser pointers they're in at least that green. quantity? They're at least green. Okay. And there's three okay. of them. Uh-huh. So they're the ones that can burn right through the screen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> If you yes. hold them there long enough. Yeah, you can destroy mosquitoes. Um, Jesus, laser pointers. Okay. So then we get into about three minutes into the movie, and the movie lo- loses all focus. <laughs> Wait, the plot? No, the no. Picture? The actual movie goes like, and okay. not just like a little off, like it's just a blur of light like moving lights and stuff like it's insane. And this plays for like five minutes with the sound. And then the screen turns off like a minute and like people are losing their fucking minds. They are Mm -hmm. honking their horns. They're flashing their lights. The laser pointers have come back with a vengeance at this point. And, uh, (laughs) this time, like, and the people are angry and like, you can hear swearing (laughs) and, 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 and like, there's this like, Real dangerous vibe at the at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. So they get on and like, hey, we're having some issues. We think we have them resolved. So they put the movie back on. And this time it started with the 20-minute package. And someone wisely skipped. I don't know how they do it technically, but okay. they skipped all through that. Yeah. And because people were fucking about to go. Like you could hear like an angry murmur go up from the drive-in when the welcome to our drive-in theater. So I mean, it says, and I actually... I actually got a video of this. I'm trying to decide whether I want to edit it up to be like a CNN style debacle at the drive-in type of deal. Uh-huh. Um, so we get in at this time, uh, one minute into the movie, the movie just all of a sudden collapses into about 25% of the projected area. Awesome. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then they blow it up and it gets blurry again. 
And like every 30 seconds, a new aspect ratio happens. And so eventually they get it and, and they're not getting on the overhead. This is just happening for like 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> they finally get it to where it's, it's, it's full expansion, but it's only like a third of the size. So you got the, everyone looks like they're short, fat squat, uh, you know, dwarf people. Uh-huh. And they come on the overhead and they're like, uh, and they, this is like 11 o'clock at night now. Cause this shit didn't start to like nine fifteen, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is, it's like, we've got a, pro- apparently their projector is remote controlled by a central projection company. Of course. And why wouldn't it be? That seems the way to go. And the, li- well, I think that there's a lot of modern theaters done this way. And I guess there's oh, like yeah. this, like chain, this belt driven lens thing where you get the digital film and it tells you what aspect ratio is. And then it like, you know, on a, some kind of mechanical track slides the correct project thing into place. And, and it's just at, going fucking crazy. It was, go, it was like jammed. And like, I guess every time it would switch aspect ratios, it was some dude from California trying to get the thing to go into. But the, the real disaster was this was going on for 15, 20 minutes and nobody was saying anything over the intercom. And I'm yeah. like, why, why the fuck? And then at, at one point, um, some dude, you can actually see this happen because they're standing in front of a projector booth. Some dude climbed up on the roof of the thing and had a big, bu- a, a, a bucket full of like the butter shit <laughs> that they got from the concession stand. And you could see the silhouette, like come up with the bucket and splat. And then all of a sudden it's with like yellow and blurry. Someone, someone shot like this melted yellow butter all how, over the window. How did they get a bucket of butter from the concession stand? So, so here's what I think happened. They bought, they bought a large bucket of butter. They dumped out the popcorn or hell they ate it in the two hours. We're waiting for this shit. Mm-hmm. And then they went back into the, the concrete, bunker and, just filled and they just butter. filled it full of butter that that cheap butter and then you got to see a shadow person like cleaning it off with windex and it's this oh and I, I can't there's nightmare. there's people like angry mobs going through mm-hmm. like with flashlights and shit and they started announcing that you can get a you they will give you a rain check they'll not yeah. give you a refund that really pissed off the crowd yeah and then i don't know why but we got into the line to get a refund and get out of there. It took an hour, dude. Like that was a lot of people. I counted. It was. It, it took them like a minute and like like over a minute to get us our refund. Like someone came out and said, "Did you want just two adults?" They went in and they wrote this thing and wrote this thing and wrote this thing and then they came back with this little. Their cash registers are controlled from California. Well, that's, that's the thing. They're not even cash. It's just a handwritten voucher. And I'm like, man, can't you get like these two old sweet old ladies are doing this by themselves. Like you'd think yeah. you'd get somebody to like write the vouchers as fast as you can and just get people out there. But it was the worst experience of all time. I didn't get home till after midnight seeing zero movie. <laughs> And again, my best case flight. scenario is I'm watching Jurassic Park from my cell yeah. phone held at arm's length. What's the point? What's the fucking point, man? I was really, I was really disillusioned, man. Like I was so, so looking forward. There's a reason drive-ins are not very plentiful anymore. Yeah, I feel like technical issues aside, I feel like it's there for teenagers to make out. Absolutely, still, and and they but that's you got the back of the theater for that too. So smoking weed, yeah, you can't really do that in a theater. I'm not down back in the theater fucking. No, but it happens. Did it I happens tell, all the oh, time. Oh, dude, when I in at Di- Bi- Dallas Buyers Club, 
There's eight that, people in that theater. That seems like an inappropriate and a, movie a, to be a, making Like a 45 year old range couple loudly making love in the back. The back. 45 year old couple in yeah. the movie theater. Get a room in Dallas like, Buyers Club. Say that to a 17 year old couple. Matthew but, McConaughey you know, is dying of AIDS, I know, and they're fucking the... in the back row. Okay, all right. There are to- there is a time and a place, and this is not it. No, no, it is not. So there's my movie. Holy shit! All right, uh, yeah, that sounds like the worst possible outcome. All right, uh, for everyone involved, the theater for you, <laughs> potentially our audience. I don't know. I thought it was an entertaining story. Uh, okay, so quick, some quick notes, and then we got to get out of here. Got to get onto the Matrix slash the Heat. Uh, Anthony B says, when do you guys want Mad Men season one feedback in by? We're probably going to be recording the next week or two. So soon by this weekend, if you want to be safe, I'd say. And then Tia Marie Smith says, you have to make a video. Of this adventure is too funny. I'll try. I'll see. Cause I'm not sure my cell phone. I know it picked up the laser pointer and like my running commentary, but I'm not sure it picked out like all the angry mum- mutterings and the car engine racing and the honking and, yeah, the screams from people. It was uh, right. check it out. It was interesting. So yeah, see we'll, we'll see if that comes out in bald move the next week or two. Thanks for joining us and having another lunch with us. We will be back next week. We got a whole bunch of shit coming out. We still got the yeah. uh, Game of Thrones playthrough that we're doing mm-hmm. Tuesday uh, nights seven thirty. We got True Detective. We're covering. I got two Orange and New Blacks a week. We'll probably have another commission cast out next week too. Want to get a silent movies in there somewhere? I think, yeah, because that's I should be able to get the. Uh, I'm almost done with Jupiter Sending. I should have time to finish that today. So looking forward to being totally perplexed by that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I got a couple other easier ones. Well, I don't yeah. even know they'll be easy, but I got a couple other suggestions that uh, uh, I got like five. I got a short list of five for my next ones, and you're already done with your next one, right? Uh, it I mean, depends on whether or not done. I want to go there. Yeah, like because the, the I've other, got an edit of another movie done, but it's twelve minutes long and it's not worth. It's not very worthwhile. <laughs> it seems like busting it up and writing a script for the movie takes at least as long as the edit process. It takes a couple like hours, coming up yeah. with questions and getting the character things all ready and all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I haven't even started on that stuff, so we'll see. But yeah, mm-hmm. like to get one of those banged up. Uh. Oh, see, Wes Stevens says, now that you've rewatched season one of True Detective, can you explain the opening shot of episode one when someone is carrying someone off screen with the fire in the background? What? Are you talking about the intro where they're setting the field on fire? Because I I can't even think of what scene you're talking about. Uh. Nope, I'm confused. The only thing I I can think of is like, again, the, the guy setting the field on fire. Um, but in that the was intro. Wait, is he or talking about that? in the no, intro? No, he's, he's not talking about it in the intro. No, as far as I can tell, the opening shot of E three is when yeah, I think we're supposed to understand that that is Earl Childress and or his acolytes setting the field on fire to draw attention to the the woman's body that they're staging there. Now it's kind of weird that they're okay. carrying a body and then set like setting the fire and then carrying the body. I think you get it all staged up, set the fire, and a piece out. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. There's there. And because they later said, how did you find his body? Well, there was an unscheduled burn. Cause that's something I actually did that a couple of times as a kid. Um, burn down a field. Yeah. Controlled burn of a field yeah. in lieu of mowing it uh, to sure. get like all the dead grass and shit out of there. So yeah, they set a field on fire. that wasn't supposed to be set on fire and that's how they found the body. All right. So there, boom. S- mystery solved. 
We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us on this lunch. Have a great weekend, people. See you guys.